Watch your mouth there, smirk speaker. (laughs) Greetings, and welcome to the Talk With History podcast. I am your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we talk about history's continuing impact on us and our personal journey through YouTube as we continue to explore, record, and share our history walks with you. Now, before we get into the main topic, I want to ask for some podcast reviews. Uh, We've been doing this for a little while. It's the best way for us to get this podcast out there is for you to share it. So even if you don't leave us a review, I do ask that you share this with anybody else that might be interested in history. And if they do have an Apple device, they can leave us a five-star review. And if you have an Apple device and want to ask us a question, leave us a five-star review and I'll we will answer, ask and answer that question right here on the podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcast, The History Buzz, where we interview folks while chatting over history over a couple of drinks and let the conversation wander where it may. The Medal of Honor. It began at the wishes of George Washington. Yes, our first United States president wanted some way to recognize military member service that was so far above and beyond the call of duty that our nation literally had no award for them. Words and phrases like gallantry and action, above and beyond the call of duty, risk of life, selflessness, exemplary action, unwavering devotion, these are all words that I believe can describe the person we are going to talk about today. So Jen, who are we talking about today? Sergeant William H. Carney. All right, so who is Sergeant Carney and and what what did he do? He is regarded as the first African American black man in the U.S. history to earn the Medal of Honor. Okay, so he was awarded the Medal of Honor for, what, what's, his, what's his era? Civil War. Civil War, okay. So, like you said, George Washington wanted a way to award, reward yep. bravery and valor, and they had some kind of accommodation, but it really wasn't until Lincoln and the Civil War that they named it the Medal of Honor. Oh, okay, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize. So that. that's where the 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 Congressional Medal of Honor. They I think they dropped Congressional during um, the twentieth century. Okay, but it at first it's the Congressional Medal of Honor, and and it's, right, it's during the Civil War that that becomes the name of the Medal Honor that they used award. to use to recognize mm-hmm. and, these, these and acts of valor. William H. Carney is the first African-American man to earn it. And I'm very specific when I say earn it because other men had received their Medal of Honor. Black men had received their Medal of Honor before him, but his actions predated all of theirs. Okay, so he, so to, I always like to say, I, I like the crayon version of things. So mm-hmm. basically his actions were well before, before. any of these other people yes. who had received yeah. their um or received or had been awarded yeah. their their medals of honor. Yeah. So his actions were before all of them. He was just recognized at a much later date. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So, so I mean, again, what did he do? Like, what was what was so significant? What was the, what was so significant that he much later got recognized? So let me just set the stage a little. Sure. Carney is born into enslavement in Norfolk, Virginia. 
Okay. So he is coming from an enslaved family. He's born 1826, 1840. Okay. February 29th, 1840. He's born in Norfolk, Virginia. And his father somehow, no, events, there's no real accuracy to his family story. But somehow, eventually, the family is all in Massachusetts. But this is how people think it happened. They think his father either was emancipated or got away on the Underground Railroad. Oh, wow. To, made his way to Massachusetts. And then started to somehow work and earn money and started to... Now, they don't know if he either bought his wife and children's freedom or they were emancipated. So when I say emancipated, um, sometimes people in their wills or even just they had a change of heart would um, um was, they call it manimate because you did it like one person at a time oh interesting man mansimate you're enslaved so people did that there's accounts of even like george washington he all his enslaved once he died they were all given their freedom okay. um martha Washington did not free hers, but George freed his. Right. And so you get that happening. And in William Carney's case, again, they're not sure if his mother and, and him were emancipated. And the reason why they're not sure is because William was educated. Oh. And we know, because we talked yep. about Nat Turner. That's right. That that's rare. Yeah. In Norfolk, Virginia for him. So they, they believe that he... He was either knew his enslaved person knew a minister or somehow a minister taught Carney how to read and write. Oh, how interesting! By fourteen years old, before he was free. Huh. So, if you watch our Nat Turner YouTube video, we talk about Nat Turner's rebellion and how the result of that was for states to get more stringent with literacy for enslaved. Right. And they took that away because they felt. Literacy, they read the Bible, they felt empowered, they could fake freedom papers, yeah. they could fake letters, and they didn't want them to be able to read and write. So, I, I mean, and I, I'm sure you would never know this unless Sergeant Carney, Carney kept a journal, mm -hmm. but I wonder if that education actually contributed to what would later be his actions on the battlefield Right. Yes. Because a lot of times, when you become educated, you understand the a little bit of the larger picture. Yes. Right. You yes. understand what it means, what battle means, what fighting for freedom. Mean. You you understand that more than just outside of your own yes life. That's interesting. So I think the unfortunate thing is Carney was never really celebrated that much in his lifetime. No. Although, you know, I will talk about a little bit about what happened two days after his death and but he even though he does receive the medal of honor and that is recognized in his lifetime he still dies in 1908 so it's still civil rights jim crow so yeah. he's still now we would ask for more uh, you know verification of his life so we could celebrate him and we're historians are able to tie directly that his actions that actually earned him the Medal of Honor inspire so many African Americans. It's his actions and the 54th Massachusetts yeah. that inspire so many African Americans to enlist in the Union during the Civil War. Huh. So this happens in 1863. And after this battle, which they don't win, um, there's a huge influx 
of African-Americans enlisting into the Union. So so did like just the word get out yes. of this unit's actions yes. on the battlefield? Yes. Huh. yes. And you would know it if you saw the movie Glory. Because that's a movie that resonates with so many people. Also because Denzel Washington wins the Oscar. Yeah. Right. But that's that's his unit. Yeah. And that's the battle. So he so is is Denzel Washington portraying is he Sergeant Carney? So that's what's so interesting is no, they really don't give Carney a, a direct actor. It's split between Morgan Freeman and Denzel Washington. Oh, how interesting. So like he's so poignant and important. They actually had to get two people. They have two Two of the best. Right. Right. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Morgan Freeman and Denzel Washington play um, kind of like snippet pieces of right. his life. Yeah. Uh, if you saw The Glory, you'll know. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Denzel Washington will save the colors at the end of the battle. Yeah. Denzel Washington will grab the flag, save the colors, hold them high. And if you know the story, it's a big arc for Denzel Washington because yeah. he's not sure if he believes in America and so for him to grab the colors at the end and hold them to hold the line for his fellow fighters it's a big deal that's what Carney did and then but Morgan Freeman's character is more like Carney's Morgan Freeman's character born enslavement made it to the north educated free man decides to join the union so he's he's more of who Carney was yeah and then Denzel Washington does the action oh how how that's that's so, so interesting that they didn't even like name one of the characters yeah. sergeant Carney. they didn't and and more and more morgan freeman dies at the end spoiler alert again so again it's not carney because yeah. carney doesn't die at the right. battle of fort wagner so what what are we talking about like why what's the what's the action what did he do what's yeah. the whole thing what's the battle right so it's the battle of fort wagner okay fort wagner this is July 18th, 1863. So dates, so important, right? This is right after the victory at Vicksburg. And Grant is so motivated because Vicksburg has just given them the Mississippi. Okay. Right? And this is July of 1863. What other big battle happened in July of 1863? Gettysburg. Oh, that was my only guess. That was That's the only guess that I had. So I'm glad you said that because that's the only one I so think of. So Gettysburg is July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 1863. So here we are July 18th. We're two weeks later. Okay. Right? So the Union is riding this high. High. Yeah. Right? And this is 1863. This is the first African-American unit. And now it's mixed. It's African-American and white. Yep. And that's the point of glory is you see Shaw takes command and that's Matthew Broderick's yep, character yep. and is this going to work right is this going to be uh, effective yeah. in battle and also now you're fighting confederates so they you know how is this going to feel down there and how is this going to be portrayed right so this is the first battle and they go to Fort Wagner because it actually is the strategic fort that holds the harbor of Charleston. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Charleston, South Carolina. So I even think Carney must have had to come by Norfolk. Yeah, yeah. To, For sure. <laughs> to get down there. So it's like, hey. Um, so that's the whole point is now Grant wants Charleston. Yeah. It's a big strategic location. It's a very strategic location. As we talked about, did we talk about the Battle of the Ironclads in a previous podcast? I think we did. Yes. So we, so we talk about, yes. yeah, we talk about that. And there's some ironclads go down to help fight. Yep. So the, this is a pretty interesting story because the Union should have won, 
really. Yeah. They had like three times the troops. They had a couple ironclads. The mat the fifty fourth Massachusetts had six hundred people, but they don't win. Huh. The Confederacy so is it just kind of dumb luck or I would say dumb luck and they're very fortified. Okay. It's a very um narrow piece of land. Yeah. It's and, always, it's always strategically it's always easier to defend and yeah. to mm-hmm. yeah, go on offense. So the fifty four Massachusetts leads the charge. Yeah. Uh, and then, like I said, the 600 men, at least half of them are killed or wounded. Jeez. In the beginning, Carney is not given the colors. He's not given the flag. Yeah. But he sees the person who's carrying the flag get shot. And he said, before it hit the ground, I dropped my gun and I grabbed the flag. Oh, wow. And he said that he... Now, when you think about this, he doesn't. he's not armed anymore. Yep. Right? You're you're full on carrying. This is a big banner. You're just a big old target. And so I always, I, I stress in the video, and you can watch this, what is significant about carrying the colors, right? It's so, it's twofold. Yeah. The symbolic, this symbology there, and I'll talk about that, but it's really strategic. Yeah. Because it's 1863, and where's your front? Where's your line? Yeah. Where are your guys? So it's so it's actually utilized more yeah. than, than it, it we don't do that kind of stuff today. Exactly. Right. And we're in blue. You're in gray. It's nighttime. Okay. I, who's who? And a flag is going to let you know how far your where the, the line is. Where you have gone. How yeah. far ahead have we gotten? How far back are we going? Where are we at? And so when you lose your place in the fog of war with smoke and the the sound is so loud, your ears will be ringing. You can find the colors and know we're we're advancing, we're oh, going. Okay, it's very strategic to have the colors. I don't think I ever. So that's interesting. I never actually thought of it that way. I literally thought it was just more symbolic than anything. No, else. it's. I mean, you without it, where would you know? Yeah, where anybody was. Right, because nobody's. It's not like they have walkie talkies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right there, it's literally just like line of sight. Or if like someone you know flies by on a horse shouting a message hopefully you hear it exactly but that that you know the colors as you say right the flag you know if those are standing and then that's where your line is and all that stuff exactly so it's so significant so carney was able to carry the colors all the way he and what's amazing is he gets all the way up to the mouth of the fort and puts it on a parapet yeah so basically again he's just marking so so did they i mean would and, and maybe I'm asking more strategic type stuff that a typical historian would actually study unless you're really studying something specific to a, a civil war battle or or um, earlier. But would they do that intentionally? Like, get the colors, like keep the colors way out in front, get them out there to, to keep the line moving forward? You would. Well, it's twofold, right? You want to get them out in front so people build some morale yeah. and you are taking ground. You also don't want the colors to fall because right. it'll lose morale quickly, yep. right? You don't want to see your colors fall and you don't want them overtaken by your opponent's color. So it has to be strategic. You kind of have to stay with your line, yeah. right? You do have to have that protection around you because you're, you're like you said, you're a huge target. Yeah. Without the protection, it's so easy. And Carney is actually shot four times. Holy cow. And he doesn't let the colors fall. Oh my gosh. He shot... In do the chest. That, do they do that in the movie too? Um, I don't know if Denzel Washington gets shot, and he might. He might. I I, I haven't seen Glory I in a while. Haven't seen Glory, and I don't I don't know how long. But, but in reality, he gets shot four times and doesn't die. He's shot in the die. chest. He's shot in the arm. He's shot in both legs. Holy! And he doesn't cow. let the colors fall. And so he gets out there on that parapet, and then they get pushed back. 
And so he grabs the colors and, he, and again, like I said, they don't they don't win this battle, right? Yeah. They get pushed back. They lose 300 people. Shaw is killed. So that is true about Glory. And when you see Glory, the one, the one part I remember at the end is the mass grave. The Confederates um, dig a mass grave and they put um, Shaw in with his men. So he's, he's white and he's buried with his black men. And it's Morgan Freeman and Matthew Broderick beside each other oh, wow. as they're getting buried. Yeah. And another side note is that when Shaw's parents are informed that he's been killed and this is after, do would you, and this is after the Civil War, would you like us to go back and dig him up and put him in a graveyard? Yeah. They said, no, leave him with his men. Oh, wow. So Shaw is still there. Huh. His parents were very adamant, leave him with his men. That's oh, where wow, he would that's want interesting. to be. So that's pretty cool. So so they, they get pushed back, right? And Sergeant Carney obviously survives. Mm-hmm. So when did... You said he was recognized mm-hmm. with the Medal of Honor during his lifetime. Like, yes. well, like in your research, did that ever come up? Like, as to why it took so long, or why it finally came around, or is it like some someone else from the battle just said, "Hey, I remember what Kearney did, and and that that's on par, if not more, than what these other Medal of Honor recipients that 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 I've seen." So. <laughs> so it's it's a lot. He was recognized. So he makes it all the way back. He gives the flag. Like again, he's not a he's not a color guard. Okay. Right? That's not his job. Yeah. So when he gives the flag back, he said, I did my duty. They never hit the ground. Those are his words. Yeah. I did my duty. They never hit the ground. And so again, the significance of the actuality of that and yep. the symbology of it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Like I believe in this ideal that I'm fighting for so much that I am going to drop arms yeah. and expose myself. Yeah. And I believe in all of us fighting yeah. that I'm not going to let them touch the ground. And I'm going to basically the only protection I have is the flag. Yeah. And for him never to let it hit the ground, it's also symbolic that I would never let us be defeated. Right. Right. So those are things that I believe that is so significant to America. And if people believe in the American ideal to never let it hit the ground, it's, it's more symbolic. Yeah. Right? So, so how did, I mean, how did, who, who eventually said like, Hey, he should get the medal of honor. So he was recognized after. Okay. And he got awards. Okay. After, uh, he had to be discharged because of his injuries. Sure. You got shot four times, four times. And then in, 1900 is when he actually gets the award. So okay. 37 years later. Wow. And he dies in 1908. So yeah. eight years before he passes away. But 500, they had given out about 500 medals of, medals of honor, I think, for the Civil War. Okay. Um, and his, again, they had been, it sounds like they were playing catch up, which actually is not that out of the norm. If anybody yeah. has any military experiences listening to this, or if you don't, it's actually pretty normal for, especially for something like a Medal of Honor. Nowadays, it's not going to be three decades later, but it's it's very normal for it to happen much much later after the action. So so think of it this way: like think of it this way. He it's 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 thirty seven years later. They've given a five hundred Medal of Honor since the end of the war. When you don't know you're going to win awards, is not what you're thinking of most. Sure. Yeah. Right. So this, and what they're able to see again is after this battle, so many African-Americans enlist, join the, join the fight that a lot is about 20 
Medal of Honors that are awarded to African-American men. Okay. And those 20 happened before him. Yeah. But their actions were not before him. Right, right. Not before his. So I think what's going on is you want, if you can strike when the iron's hot and hand hand out the award early. They try. And honor people. Yeah. When it's most prestigious and morale and your fellow fighters and soldiers can see it and believe that's the best time to do it. And then once the union won, yeah, that that makes sense to go through. That that makes a lot of sense. So it's, it's yeah, their, their actions were warranted, but there also was some thought into, Mm -hmm. you know, also back then there probably wasn't the, the whole litany of paperwork and all that stuff that we had to do nowadays. They were like, yep, that guy got it. And yes. as long as someone high enough said yes, yes. then it was probably done. Yes. And I, ca- I also think it's probably significant that his commander was killed. Yeah. Because the person who usually vouches for you the most yeah. is yep. your commander. Yeah. That's and point. so if he's killed, someone obviously picked up the reins and did it, but it's with the, they didn't, the time. They didn't know him as well. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's a really, really good point. So he gets it, gets his award. And now we ended up picking this particular topic, this walk with history, because we live in Norfolk and the grave is, I mean, his gravesite is a couple miles from our house. Well, it's not his gravesite because he's buried in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. I don't think I realized that. Yes. He's actually not, he's buried in Massachusetts. So what's significant about, again, who he was is two days after he, so he dies December 9th. Okay. <laughs> 1908, and I laugh because December 9th is my birthday. Yeah. December 11th, 1908, the f- all the flags in Massachusetts have flown at half mass. Oh, wow. He's one of the only men they have ever done that for that was a Medal of Honor winner. They did it because he was a Medal of Honor winner. Wow. African-American or white. It didn't, like, yeah. he's the only one. Huh. So, but he's buried in Massachusetts. Now, we did him on walk with history because a he's born in norfolk and there's a there's a marker to him but b there's a there's an african-american cemetery here in norfolk called west point cemetery and they have african-american civil war graves and they put a statue up to memorialize them and on top of their statue is a statue of sergeant william carney yeah and it's significant because it's one of the very few statues in the South of a Union soldier of a black Union soldier. I don't think I realized that. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so significant. So that's why we did that on Walk With History. Yeah, that's so interesting. And just, just for those listening, this podcast, uh, it, this one's a little bit different because I actually haven't had a chance to make the video yet. I mean, we just filmed this like three days ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we, I, we haven't even had the chance to like, talk with Jen about the details because how we typically film this is Jen Jen's doing the kind of all the research and all the talking ahead of time and usually if we're going to do a walk with history we're taking the family we're taking the kids and I'm kind of managing kids and I'm trying to film b-roll on the side and I'm helping you set up certain shots if I if we have chances and stuff like that so I don't think I even realized that that I just assumed that that was his gravesite. right we were at a we were at a grave it was a West Point grave is actually inside of another grave. I don't remember the name of the grave off the top of my head. So it's in Elmwood Cemetery. Cemetery. So what's interesting about West... So again, we talk about this in the video. This is a very segregated cemetery. Yeah. 
And it's been around since the early 1800s. And it started out as a potter's field. So again, I I stress that this is a potter's field for African Americans, because most African Americans who are free, even at this time, don't have a lot of means to worry about funerals. Yeah. And so there was a white cemetery. It was Elm Grove at that time. It's now Elm Wood. And they made this potter's field. And then they named the potter's field Calvary Field. And then they decided to build another bigger cemetery down the street and name that Calvary Field. So they went back to Potter's Field and then it became West Point Cemetery. And when they, like, when do they, there's a wall. I mean, there's actually like, there's a, there's still like a six foot, seven foot wall. That was a, it's a racial wall. Yeah. It's a racial wall. So you can, and it, it was interesting because we were with the kids and they said, look at all this open land. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no, less graves here. There's less graves here. And I said, no. I said, just because there's no markers does not mean there's no graves. I said, there's probably someone buried everywhere. Here. Yeah, and they said that because there was actually less headstones, right? Mm-hmm. There's less markers and all that stuff. And and Jen said, you know, to me, like, well, this is this is this was a potter's field, right? They didn't have that kind of money to to mark yeah. those those grave sites. Most cemetery mapping that is done of African American graveyards will show not even rows of bodies. They're buried on top of each other so more than likely i will say almost 100 percent. so i don't know for sure every inch of that graveyard has a grave yeah not a headstone yeah i mean it's a it's a beautiful cemetery Mm -hmm. it's it's a beautiful place to go and and if you're in the area and you're curious about that little piece of history there is a marker outside of Elwin Cemetery, and then you can go inside the the, the memorial, the statue mm-hmm. of Sergeant Carney. is actually pretty easy to spot from the street. Yeah, it's like right in the middle of the cemetery. So th- it was named West Point Cemetery in 1873, and then the monument was dedicated in 1906. And what's interesting about the monument is there was a man named James Fuller, and he was a former slave. He was also a Civil War veteran, and he's the first... Um, he was one of the first Norfolk City Councilmen, first black oh, Norfolk City Councilmen. Okay. And he was the one who thought it was significant to honor these African-American graves, um, military graves in West Point Cemetery. Yeah. And that's why the monument is built. So you said it was 1906? So that was two years before we passed. That they built, yes. Oh, that's cool. They built the monument. Yeah, I wonder if I, I wonder if he knew. I wonder. I don't know. It was... um. That's that's interesting. I mean, obviously, that wasn't part of the research, but you know, that's I do pay attention, right? I I do listen to some some of those dates. It was dedicated, so it must have been completed. Now, most people want to know what happened to the flag. Sure, it's in a a Massachusetts Memorial Hall. Okay, so the flag you can still see that flag. Oh, that's cool, and it's still available to you. Oh wow, wow! No, that's uh, this is an interesting one. I'm actually looking forward to making this video. Um, for other behind the scenes technical reasons, I got new new production toys. Um, but the 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 cemetery itself was beautiful. The story is quite an amazing story. And when Jen said, "Hey, I just found this was a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. I just was doing some Norfolk research, and I found out that the first African American who was awarded earned. who earned <laughs> earned for we have to be very careful with that because people comment on our youtube's all our youtube videos all the time if we kind of misspeak when we talk about the medal of honor but his actions earned him being awarded the the medal of honor he was the very first one i was like yes let's do that let's do that video i didn't even hesitate because i just thought that was such a cool story to tell and i think it's it's really lost in norfolk 
maybe not so in Massachusetts, I don't know. But in Norfolk, it is because even when I was filming outside of the cemetery, a gentleman walked by, African-American gentleman walked yeah. by. He goes, what are you filming? And I said, do you know the movie Glory? He said, yes. I said, do you know Denzel Washington? He said, yeah. I said, he won the Oscar for that. I said, the man who he pretends to be, his statue is right there. And he's like, oh my gosh. I'm like, he was born in Norfolk. And he's like, that's some head knowledge right there. (laughs) And I feel like more people need to know this. They need to celebrate this. And we, we get into conversations about our symbology of our country, the flag is one of those things. And this is one of those conversations to have, because here's a person who earned the medal of honor for his actions in defending that symbol. Right. And what does that symbol mean? What does it mean to defend that symbol? What, what are our ideals as Americans? And those conversations are really great to have and to have real life historic events that surround that symbol is a good conversation point to talk about. So I'm happy we did this one too. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a good one. Even though the history and the event itself was short, the conversation, and like you said, the symbolism and the symbology behind the actions is something that I think can be fostered in a larger conversation. So Sergeant William H. Carney was not only recognized by going above and beyond the call of duty, but for his actions that literally and figuratively upheld what Old Glory stands for. And while his actions that day were not recognized for quite some time, as you point out, it took two of the greatest actors of our generation to portray him and the actions that were recognized on that battlefield. So thank you for listening to the Talk With History podcast. And please reach out to us at our website, talkwithhistory.com. But more importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this podcast, please share this with them, especially if you think that today's topic would interest a friend. Shoot them a text and tell them to look up the Talk With History podcast because we rely on you, our community, to grow, and we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.